Hey, it's Havala. Let's catch up. Maybe pop those shoes on or go grab a cup of coffee and let's spend a few minutes talking about winning in our everyday in the area of health. Now, I want to just preface this by saying I am not an avid workout queen. Um, I'm not somebody who naturally is bent to vitamins and all the things that healthy people tend to do. So I have to be really intentional about being healthy. So I want to give you some of the tips and tricks that I do that has helped me lose the weight that I had that I wanted to lose. Again, I was very happy with myself and I was very happy with uh, the woman I was on the in the world, but I was tired and I needed more energy and I wanted to fit my clothes differently and I wanted to just be comfortable. And I I took a huge turn about two years ago and really started prioritizing my health. I'm going to give you a couple of those little tricks and tips that I do at the ripe age of 44, mind you. So again, I'm not trying to be thin. I'm just trying to be strong. I don't know if you know that, but when you get older, you just want to be able to squat so you can actually like not have a big bottom, but to actually just get up and down the toilet and be comfortable. <laughs> so, you know, or, or go up a, a flight of stairs while carrying on a conversation or just not looking exhausted because you're dehydrated or you're not sleeping good. So we're going to talk about health and ways that we can just win in our everyday. But before I get started, I want to talk to all of my friends that live in Texas. Listen in, I'm coming to you this Friday night September 16th, I'm coming to speak at a ladies' night at Trinity Church in Cedar Hill, Texas. So if you would like to join us, there is still room and the registration is in the show notes. Come on over, join us. There'll be hundreds of women from around the city and I'm really excited about being there. I may even be doing a book signing that night so we might get to meet in person. Okay, let's jump into the topic of winning in our everyday health. All right. Like I said, I am not naturally bent to exercising and eating really well and obsessing about vitamins and minerals and nutrients, but I did have the privilege of living and growing up in a pretty healthy home. If one of the things that the hippie movement did was it really got, if you were raised by a hippie, you were raised by moms and dads that valued more of a holistic you know, diet and just living off the earth and, you know, really just kind of valuing not materialistic things. And so it meant that you grew your own food and you, you just had more of a holistic view of food. So I was raised in a home where we didn't have uh, things that I realized later on everybody else had. Like I didn't grow up with soda. We never had soda. The only thing we had was club soda. And it wasn't LaCroix. It wasn't bougie Pellegrino. It was just club soda. <laughs> we never grew up with juice other than that holistic kind of apple juice you would get at the nutrition store that had like pulp in it, like orange juice. This was like hearty, earthy <laughs> apple juice. Um, I didn't grow up with chips or fast food. My mom's kind of idea of chips was tortilla chips and even that was kind of bought, you know, every once in a while. So I grew up in a pretty holistic home. One of the things I think that helped with that was that my mom was raised on a farm and she wasn't raised in a very wealthy family. So they were pretty 
they lived pretty simple. They lived off the earth. So I remember going to my grandpa's farm. He was a cattle raiser and then eventually turned it into a Christmas tree farm. But I remember my grandpa and grandma, they grew cucumbers and tomatoes. They always had a very vibrant vegetable garden. And they would tell us grandkids to go out and pick some vegetables for dinner. And we would pick those big, juicy tomatoes and big cucumbers. And I remember my grandma would slice them up, lay them on a plate, drizzle some olive oil vinegar over them and some salt and pepper. And they were delicious. They were not rubbery or plastic or, you know, just should taste like a tomato, but doesn't. These were like from the earth. And even when they had to sell the farm, and lived in a mobile home park. I remember my grandpa couldn't help himself. He grew tomatoes until he passed away. I would always like walk up on his deck at his little um, home and there was always a tomato plant, a couple tomato plants in the ground next to the door. So I loved that and I grew up enjoying like watching fruit and and veggies grow. So that was something I grew up in. And then when I hit my early teens and my early 20s, I began to discover fast food and, you know, Starbucks. Starbucks was huge when we, I don't know if you even remember this, but when we were like high school, you know, college age, that's when we started having Starbucks. That was like an unbelievable thing. The fact that people wanted to buy coffee you know, most people just had cream and sugar in their coffee and that was it. Starbucks revolutionized the idea of blended drinks. And I remember for years and years and years, I would get an iced soy latte with extra whip, which made no sense because I got the soy with the actual dairy whipped cream. So, you know, again, I was missing a few brain cells in my 20s. And I would literally drink that Avente all the way till about four or five in the afternoon. And then I would be famished and I would just pound food all night. And my mom would make spaghetti. She made good meals, but it was very common for me to have two or three servings. And so that's great if you're young and you have a great metabolism. But when you get older, you're not eating all day and then eating like you're a wrestler from four o'clock till the evening and going to bed in a food coma does not do you well. And so I started to gain more weight in my 30s and I had babies. I'd gain 40 pounds, lose 40 pounds, gain 30, you know, lose 30. I ebbed and flowed. And so I always thought of health as my weight and always thought of health as what I could fit my clothes. But it wasn't until my late 30s did I really begin to understand that it was not, health was not about the size or not, not all about the size or not all about the weight, but it was about energy. It was about strength. It was about having, um, sleeping well and getting those good endorphins and all those things. And I remember when I had postpartum, I remember asking my counselor, do I have to be on these meds? I would get this synthetic serotonin and they put me on that for a good year. And I would ask them, you know, do I have to do this? And she said, no, you do not have to be on these meds if you're willing to exercise an hour a day, six days a week. And I knew I couldn't do that. That was not, to be honest, it wasn't a priority for me. And I had four babies in five years. I had no exercise history other than a step class or a good walk. And so that wasn't, I wasn't ready to become an athlete at that moment. So I started to monitor what I was eating by my energy, by my strength. And then when I hit the road in my late 30s, 
I began to realize I need energy to last me through taking multiple flights, landing, speaking, a book signing, getting in a hotel room, going back to sleep, getting up early, catching the next flight out. And so that habit over time wears on you and it hurts your adrenals and it makes you exhausted. So I started to do a few things that I have never stopped doing and it's really, really helped me. So the first thing that I did is I decided that I wasn't going to drink my calories. That's it. I wasn't going to put any kind of moral label on what I was drinking. I just was like, I'm not going to say no soda or no sugary drinks or no smoothies. I just literally thought to myself, I'm not going to drink my calories. I want to eat my calories. And so that immediately cut out soda, smoothies, um, you know, any kind of sugary drinks that just really helped me understand, okay, I'm not going to drink my calories. The second thing that I did was I really began to monitor my water intake. If you travel with me, I'm kind of crazy about my water intake. It's not uncommon for me to land in a city and go find a Walmart or a Walgreens and I've asked them if I can rent my own car because I'm one of those. I don't want to get stuck with one little water bottle in a hotel room. I need lots of water. And so I'll go get a case of water and I will live off that water for days. I mean, I love it. I love having a ton of water. And what I found is if you can drink a lot of water, you're fatigued. You're not as fatigued. Like if a lot of what you feel is dehydration, that's what I found in my own life. So if you can't go on a crazy exercise spree or you can't get 10 hours of sleep, the one thing that you can do without time, without more time, is drink water. Take water with you. And yes, you're going to pee a lot. I know your body will regulate. It's kind of the sacrifice of it all. Don't wear a jumpsuit, (laughs) but drink. Drink water, drink water. And if you have a cup of coffee, drink water with it. So it's kind of like if you have a glass of wine, drink a bottle of water. So you kind of want to think that direction, that whatever you're drinking, if you are drinking caffeine or alcohol, you want to have water. And I just don't often do uh, any kind of alcohol because I just, again, don't want to drink my calories and I just really uh, don't like the way that I feel. So that's more how I live my life. Again, I don't have an ethical issue other than alcoholism or using alcohol um, to uh, alter the state of who you are. I live in California. We live in wine country. It's very common. I live in an Italian home. It's common. But I just, I have found that, you know, alcohol, it's really, really, really good for those of you that do drink to just practice sobriety, to make sure that you are in control and it is not in control of you. So I think it's good to take a month off or a year off or just even ask yourself, do I even want alcohol in my life? And I know that the movies and the shows kind of glamorize it, but the older you get, the less actually just fun it is on your body. Like you really feel it. So my suggestion is, is that you use sugar or alcohol or, um, you know, anything that's kind of not healthy and whole as a splurge and not a daily celebration moment or a social moment. Does that make sense? Okay, you're tracking. So water's really important. The third thing that I have found is you gotta move. And I used to think I moved a ton. And then, I don't know if you guys remember when everybody got into checking their steps and how many steps they were taking. And I was shocked. I would look down at my watch and I thought I had done like 30,000 steps. 
and I was at like 3,000 steps. And there was this assumption that I was moving a whole lot more and that I was moving the same amount every day. And so that really helped me when I started to wear a watch that, that showed me how many steps I was taking a day. It caused me to get up and move a whole lot more. And if you're not used to doing that, then my first suggestion is hit that 10,000 step mark. Just do it. Whatever you could do, get up, do a final walk at night, walk around your neighborhood, go, go get on your treadmill, get those steps in. They really, really matter. And it really helps. And then another thing that I think really helps is if you do have a, a meal in the evening, like a bigger meal or a full meal, walk after. The Italians call it a passaggiare, but it means like moving, getting your system moving and digesting and not just letting it sit in your belly and let it just sit there trying to digest all night. So usually if I speak somewhere and someone gives me a meal after, I try to go and walk around somewhere, move around a little bit. I try not to just throw my shoes off and climb in bed because I will digest all night long and I just don't sleep very well. So your best bet is to eat um, as early as you can and then walk afterward to get that digestion going. So you've got your water, you've got your exercise or at least your movement. And then also really, really, really prioritize your sleep. Because when you're tired, you eat bad, you don't drink well, you don't feel good. So really think about ways to get a better sleep. I started going after this a couple of years ago uh, because I was so used to just like, you know, sleeping all over the place. I'm not a great sleeper in general. I don't sleep awesome. It takes me a minute. Um, I do really well with kind of an evening routine. And studies will show you that this is very helpful. So things like I don't sleep with my phone near my bed. I'm not scrolling before sleep. Um, I try to, you know, wash my face, brush my teeth, um, you know, clean up my room a little bit, climb into bed. I've got a little rhythm. So it makes me think, okay, I'm getting ready to go to sleep. One of the things I do, which again, you got to do you. My sister is the exact opposite. So this is just for me. I don't do well working in bed and then trying to go to sleep in bed. So even if I'm at a hotel, I do better going and sitting on the chair or going and sitting on the couch and working. And then when it's time to go to bed, I use my bed for sleep. And so it just, I usually, even if I have to work on the bed, I take off all my computer and my, you know, notebooks and all the things I'm working on and I take it off the bed and I put it away. So I think of my bed as sleep. That's very, very helpful. Another thing that I've learned, um, and a lot of you don't know, but I actually, my sister is part of a health uh, company that we've found tremendous success in. My brother-in-law has lost a hundred pounds. Yes, a hundred pounds. My father has lost 40 pounds. My sister has lost 30 pounds. And my mom as mom, my mom's best friend has lost 50 pounds successfully, like not just for a year, but for years, they've kept it off and they have a program. I'm not going to throw it all out here. If you're interested, you can DM me or, you know, send me a message and I'll give you information. But one of the programs that's worked for our family, um, it, the first thing they talk about is eating when you wake up. And I used to go, no, I don't want to eat my calories right away. I want to save my calories. But what I didn't know and what the research shows is that you want your metabolism to kick in. And when you eat, you break your fast. That's why it's called breakfast. 
right? You break your fast and it gets your metabolism working. So you don't want to load up on calories. You want about 150 calories. I don't know what that is in Australia or England or all of you that are listening around the world, but that's just like a hard boiled egg or, you know, a hundred calorie yogurt or just something that just gets you going. That's not a full bagel or a muffin, nothing like that. It's a low sugar, usually high protein, just something small to eat in the morning. And you want to eat that within 30 minutes of waking up and that'll get your metabolism going. And then one of the habits that I've learned is to eat every two to three hours, 150, 200 calories. And again, the program that we have, we have all that and that can be outsourced and you don't have to think about it, but you can do it on your own. And the goal is that you cut out all the, you know, high calorie, high sugar, high sodium, and you really start to eat every two to three hours and you start to fuel your body rather than feast and famine. And that has been critical for me. And the program is so successful, to be honest. I got a little out of control this summer. And, you know, I don't eat a lot and drink a lot or anything like that. But I just, you know, a little here, a little there. And when I got home, I had gained about 10 pounds just by my frolicking in the summer fun, you know, which I did not mind. I don't have anxiety about that. But I thought, you know what? I don't even want this 10 pounds to hang out with me. It means for me, because of my height and my weight, if I go up 10 pounds, I ha- I go up a full size of clothing, if not two. And so that means everything I can fit, I can't fit anymore, which is hard. That's not just like, oh, no big deal. That means I my, li- my, my clothing really gets limited and I only have a few things. And you guys know when you're a little on the, on the fluffy side, your jeans aren't as comfortable, the shirt, you know, you just want to get in your pajamas. And so for me, when I can be at my healthy weight, I just feel better and I tend to just function better. And so I jumped on program, got that 10 pounds off in a healthy way, not an obsessive way, nothing, you know, every, I was eating with my family. I was able to just, you know, go through it, but I was, I broke sugar and I break the habit of, you know, car, all the stuff that kind of loads me up. So anyway, like I said, if you have information, I can get that to you. And then lastly, I would say, um, you got to get your endorphins up and you got to get your dopamine and all those like hor- happy hormones. So there's a couple ways you could do that. But for me, um, one of those is exercise. So getting your heart rate up, even just jumping jacks and, you know, just moving for about 10, 15, 20 minutes. And you can do that. Your whole body will feel better. Just, you know, for me, sometimes I'll be in a hotel room and it's before I take a shower and I'll just do, you know, some just basic calisthenics basic PE movements, but just stretching and, you know, planks and just a few things to get my body to wake up and to get moving. For some of us, for our happily married people, sex is a great way to get those endorphins up. Yes, sex can be healthy for you uh, if you enjoy it. And if it's a little bit, it's a little bit aerobic maybe, uh, but it just gets all those happy hormones, especially if there's a happy ending. And then, sorry, I should have warned you with the kids in the, in the room, but hopefully, hopefully you guys, that was enough code. And then another way you can do that is comedy. Like if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and, you know, not yourself, if you can get some laughter in your life, you actually will get those happy endorphins. The Bible says that laughter is good like a medicine. So get some laughter. Watch a funny TV show. The other night, I was feeling pretty stressed about some things, and my teenage son and I just began to watch worship fails and preaching fails. And we laughed until we cried. We were laughing so hard 
And I immediately felt like all is well with the world. It just felt so great. So in terms of health, you got to laugh. You got to enjoy yourself. And nobody else has to think it's funny as long as you are. So let's review. Drink your water, right? Eat first thing in the morning. Get a good night's sleep. Get work away from your bed. Make sure, for me even, I didn't even talk about this, but I have a certain pillow that I really enjoy. And my sister's like, oh my gosh, I was just staying at her house the other day. She's like, you're officially old, Havila. You're traveling with your pillow. I'm like, I do because I want to sleep well and I want my neck to function happily. So that's really great. Make sure you laugh. When you eat at night, go for a walk, get that digestion. And for me, I also take my vitamins at night. I know all of you vitamin people, you're going to be like mad at me for saying this. But, you know, I remember the doctor saying, I want you to take them when you take them is important, but not as important as taking them. So for me, I do better taking my vitamins at night. It's kind of my routine. So I put them all in front of me and I take all my vitamins and then I climb into bed. When I'm a full grown up, maybe I'll switch it and take it in the morning like my mom and dad. All right, you guys, that's it for help. I hope this encouraged you. Again, I want you to be the best version of who God's called you to be. Win in your health every day. Don't be idealistic. Don't set your standards so high you can't do it. Start to incorporate it every single day, something little. And I promise you, you will win in your health as you as you really intentionally set up your habits. All right, that's it for now. Uh, again, in Texas, don't forget to come. I'll see you on Friday if you're there. And next time, we're going to talk about winning in the workplace. Winning in the workplace is the next podcast. So I'll see you next time. Thank mm-hmm. you.